Welcome to the 49ers Camelot Show. I'm excited to have you, excited to have my guest, Evan Swords. Don't mispronounce his last name and don't misspell my first name because everybody does. Everybody, Evan said everybody mispronounces his last name and everybody, my dad even did it one time, misspelled my first name. So I guess that's just happens when you have a, a, a differently spelled name. Evan, thanks so much for joining me. How's it going? Good, man. Good. Thank you for having me on, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. What have you been up to? You know, uh, I live in LA, so we just got past like one of the wettest winters I think that LA's ever had. We had more rain than Seattle. Um, I'm originally from Portland, Oregon, so that was like a very <laughs> traumatic experience for me, like going back to the days of Portland. Uh, but it's sunny again, so I'm I'm enjoying the weather. I'm in, I'm enjoying the off season, and uh, yeah, just spending a lot of time with my dog and my girlfriend, man. <laughs> that sounds good. Now, what are you doing 49ers wise? Are you writing for anybody or do you, do you still do a podcast? So I, it's funny. I, you know, we have, we started 49ers hub 800 years ago, however long <laughs> it was. Right. And 49ers, the Twitter account. Uh, but what it come down to me, Kevin and Scott, for anyone who, who is familiar with the three of us, um, you know, we just didn't have the time anymore. We, you know, we, at one point we had a bunch of writers, we had a, an editor, we had a website, a podcast, and we love doing it. Um, but it's a lot of work as you probably know yourself. Um, and so it's 49ers hub still exists. The Twitter account still exists. I think if we could find someone that had the time and effort and energy that wanted to like run it, we'd probably let them. Um, but you know, in the meantime, I'm a guest, well, at this point, I think I'm just kind of partially a part of the podcast, but a good buddy of mine, Chase Thomas of Blue Wire, uh, has the Chase Thomas podcast. And every Monday, mm. every Monday he does, he does, every Monday he, he does, does <laughs> uh, an NFL pod that I am now essentially every Monday, uh, a host nice. or a guest or whatever you want to call it to talk in NFL. Um, and other than that, man, yeah, I have. I've always joked about, I love being like the retired uncle of 49ers Twitter. You know what I mean? Like, I like the idea that I could just kind of hang out and like, you know, be on the sidelines, watching everything happen, uh, you know, yeah. watching other people do content now. I love that you're doing your podcast now. I wish we had uh, StreamYard when I was when I was doing things back in the day. That would have been pretty convenient for all yeah. of us together. Uh, I have, I, I'm, I'm, I miss, I don't miss not having to edit pods, but yeah, man, that's, that's all just kind of hanging out and tweeting. I don't do a lot of editing. I just, I hit record and then whatever happens I'm sticking with. So Love that. Um, the one time that I did edit, um, I, I'll tell you what happened. This was one of my first ones and I was doing it by myself. Um, usually every week I have a guest and then I usually do a solo one, which those are harder because I'm doing all the talking. But um, I, I I messed up and I actually went like this time out and I meant to go back and edit it and I forgot. And so then I'm watch. I, I'm not watching it, but I just happened to catch part of uh, like I, I was breaking it into some some shorts for YouTube yeah. is what I was doing. And I saw that and I was like, oh, crap, I forgot that. So whoever watched at that point uh, probably never watched again because they're like, this moron doesn't know what he's doing. And I didn't. I, that was that was one of my very first ones. So. I, 
I can't stress it enough, man. Like I, that's the thing, not to sound like this old geezer, but like back (laughs) in my day when we did, when we made content, like, you know, I, we'd record the podcast and we would just upload it to, you know, podcast land. Right. And, uh, nowadays it's like, you have to, you know, you do this, you do the video and then you take the audio, you can put it in a podcast. You can take the video, you upload it to YouTube. You can cut it short, make YouTube shorts. You put it on TikTok. It's like, it's, you know, I, I think it's exciting and I love how much access and, uh, you know, capability that, you know, people have to make content nowadays, but I, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm kind of happy that I, I don't have to do any of it anymore <laughs> myself. Yeah. Now you guys put a lot into it because I remember 49ers hub during the 49ers games would do like a play by play tweet. And there was there was a game or two that I wasn't able to to be listening or watching because I don't live in the Bay Area. I live in the Chicago area, so I don't I don't get to see every 49ers game. Yeah. And um, and so I re- I can remember watching Twitter and and just seeing you know the play by play. And so I really appreciated that uh, that kind of commitment. So I, I I hated to see it go away because because that was really helpful. Well, let's yeah. get into since you are the the uh, the uncle, the retired uncle of 49ers content, let's talk about some of the some of your some of your 49ers memory. Tell me your first 49ers memory, your best 49ers memory, and your worst 49ers memory. Hmm. Okay, so I mean, my first 49ers memory is like I don't know if you can't tell, but my favorite color is red. So like as a very, very young child, like talking like three, four five years old, right? I live in Portland, Oregon. There's no NFL team in Portland. No one actually cared about the Seahawks until like 2011. Um, <laughs> so like all I had for the NFL and like basically was my dad loved to watch football. He was a Steelers fan. Um, and what being on the West Coast, being born in 1988, if you can imagine the primetime games around 91, 92, were a lot of the 49ers games, Mm -hmm. right? So as a child, as a very, very young child, I just saw red jerseys and was like, that team, right? (laughs) So my my earliest memories were really just like asking my mom to buy me a 49ers hat. There's a picture of me like going to either like preschool or, you know, kindergarten. And I, my mom loved to have, I had a little leather jacket and a 49ers snapback. And that was probably my earliest memory of just being like, oh, red, right? Um, I would say my worst memory has to be the the NFC Championship tip ball with Richard Sherman and the Seahawks. Oh, uh, yeah. The reason why I'd say yeah. it was the worst, you know, the season in itself, they the 49ers felt invincible, right? It felt very like, finally, we're back. Here we go. We have everything. Um and I was in Phoenix, Arizona at the time, living well in Tempe, Arizona. And the Phoenix 49ers like club mm-hmm. was massive. I mean, they had multiple places. You know, it wasn't as big as, as our friends up in Seattle, Alex Carson of the Seattle Faithful, but they had a really big contingent of 49ers fans. Hmm. And growing up in Portland, that was, you know, they were one of the more popular teams, but nothing like that. So it was really the first time that I got to watch that season because I had just moved to Phoenix. Every Sunday, I would go to the 49ers bar that was literally two blocks from me, which was a huge 49ers bar. And I would have 
100, 200 49ers fans right next to me cheering on. So it was like the first, you know what I mean? Like, I, I can't explain yeah, it, but cool. like that hometown feeling almost of like being with your people. And so, yeah. the, you know, the, the 49ers losing to Richard Sherman to the Seattle Seahawks, like the obviously the least favorite team I've ever had in my history of being a fan was for sure. I like that, that happened. I was up, uh, cash my checkout and out of that building before <laughs> zero zeros hit up on the clock. I was gone. I went to my apartment. I closed the door. I did not respond to text messages for, I think maybe 48 hours. Um, I hear you because I, I lived in the early nineties. I lived in Oklahoma Mm -hmm. And this was during the Cowboys 49ers when they were taking turns winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. And so when the 49ers would lose to the Cowboys, I was surrounded by their fans and had to hear from it. And it was brutal. Yeah. And of all, you know, I mean, as much as the Seahawks fans have been very boisterous and loud, Cowboys fans probably in that moment were <laughs> the top of the top. Um, yeah. I would say my favorite moment. And by the way, just because I think it's hilarious, uh, as a second place to the worst memory ever, uh, my birthday is January 21st. Mm -hmm. So it, we had just gone, I think, for my like 22nd birthday to Vegas. It was the 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 Giants game with Kyle Williams. Uh, and I had flown yeah. in before all of my friends. So I was in my, my, my like hotel suite by myself with a half gallon of uh, Captain Morgan rum. And I was watching the game in a projector that came down <laughs> by myself. And so that when Kyle Williams fumbled the ball, I just went into the the the, the literal hot tub in the bedroom <laughs> and just like sat down in it and started, you know. So that's a, that was the second place. Uh, but my favorite memory for sure uh, had to have been the Alex Smith, Vernon Davis touchdown to beat the Saints in the NFC Championship. Um one of the things that a lot of people that follow me on Twitter might know and some might not, excuse me. I've always just been like a, like defender of whoever the quarterback is. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's because I'm an eternal optimist or whatever it may be. I remember like, I remember back in the day, like at a bar in Beaverton, Oregon, where I grew up like yelling at my Seahawks friends about how Morin Norris came back to the 49ers. And because oh, of that, wow. Frank Gore was going to have one of the best seasons ever. And because of that, Alex Smith is finally going to be, you know, what he, what we all thought he was supposed to be. So I've always defended the quarterback staunchly. Um, and so to see Alex Smith have the success that he had to win the, the big game with Vernon Davis, with Jim Harbaugh, it just, that was probably, I would say, I mean, I've had a million great games. You know, I got mm -hmm. to go see, I've seen, you know, I got to see the Niners beat the Cowboys last year in the playoffs. That was, that was fantastic in person. That was, you know, great. But I would definitely say seeing Alex Smith finally really, you know, almost have like a mini Steve Young getting the, getting it off his back type thing. <laughs> I, I loved seeing that. I, I miss those years. Yeah, and that was a fun game, especially because of what they had been through since that was their first playoff appearance since, what, 2002, the 2002 season. Yeah. And so it had been a while, and they had some pretty horrible teams. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah those are fun fun memories to, to have for sure. Let me ask you a question, a really important question. Have you bought your Kirk Cousins jersey yet? 
I if I see one, I'm burning it. I will rip it <laughs> off someone's back and I will burn it. <laughs> it's crazy how these quarterback rumors, you know, that Trey Lance is going to be traded and Kirk Cousins is, you know, that he's he's going to be coming to San Francisco and Trey Lance is going to be going to Minnesota. It's it's never ending. For those of us that have to write or do podcasts, it's it's helpful because it gives us things to talk about. Right. Although there are the the trolls out there who um, occasionally when we talk about some of these things um, will come into our mentions, uh, you know, or comment on the article or something like that and, and say, don't you guys have anything better to talk about? Well, no, we don't. Well, literally, <laughs> yeah, literally, literally, no. <laughs> no, it's it's either that or we're going to talk about whether or not DeAndre Lenore is going to like pick the number two cornerback position, which yeah. you don't care about. So don't lie. <laughs> right. Yeah, I will say this: like Kirk Cousins' situation, uh, it feels like it's like Thanos in the background, just like I am inevitable. Like it, to think about how we started with him not taking Patrick Mahomes because yeah. he wanted Kirk Cousins, yeah, and all the quarterbacks that we have gone through since then. And he's still looming in the background as a possibility. It's insane. So if it does happen, do I think that Kyle Shanahan could win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins? It's hard, man. It's hard. It's like an immovable object and an unstoppable force, right? Like Kirk Cousins can't win big games, but it's I know. Also, I don't probably think the most a... talented quarterback he's he'd have. So yeah, we'll I don't think he's any good. I I've never been a Cousins fan, and so, but I don't think it's going to happen. His cap hit is monstrous. I think it's like thirty-eight million or something like that. So I just now, of course, Parag could probably do something with that, but I just don't see that happening. So speaking of quarterbacks, last week John Lynch was talking about the starting quarterback position, and he said that with the way that Brock Purdy played. He's earned the right to be considered the leader in the clubhouse if he's healthy. So is Brock Purdy QB1 for the 49ers? Should he should he be that already? I mean, yeah. So I, I don't – listen, I, I don't think we really need to say anything other than what's already been said, but, I, but, but I, I do think it's important to reiterate it because it seems like people still are confused. What Brock Purdy did wasn't just, you know – like a lot of people complained about Jimmy and just said like, Oh, Jimmy was just along for the ride. Right. Like Brock Purdy for the most part was doing things that we hadn't seen done in the Kyle Shanahan 49ers offense, right. Throwing touchdown passes that we hadn't seen yep. opening up the offense, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What he did, I think warrants that. Um, but what I will say is if you have to look at like the statistics of it, Right. If you have to look at like, I'll say, I'll put it the way uh, my, one of my favorite followers in 49ers Twitter is uh, the Monday morning quarter black uh, shout out to him. It's okay. the, the MMQBL. He's one of my favorite followers, but he had a really good point where he's like, everyone wants to talk about what, you know, Trey Lance did and what Brock Purdy did, but the, the equalized, like the really, the biggest variable was Christian McCaffrey. Because right. if you look, like even Jimmy, once Christian McCaffrey came, got better, mm -hmm. right? So, yes, it is absolutely warranted that Brock Purdy deserves to have that starting position. But I think the 49ers fan base is going to be very fortunate amongst the circumstances in that he's probably not going to start week one because of the injury. 
mm-hmm. which means that it'll be Trey Lance. Probably, right? I don't think we'll get to Sam Darnold. I don't want to waste too much time talking on him. He's <laughs> trash. Um, but assuming it's Trey Lance, I think the good news is that we'll be able to see what does Trey Lance look like with Christian McCaffrey. And I'm hopeful. I, you know, and that I heard somebody say that earlier today. Um, and, and I don't even remember who, who it was. It was a podcast that I was listening to. And they said something to the effect of, yes, Brock Purdy did great. Yes, he should probably be considered QB1 right now if he's healthy. But he had Christian McCaffrey. What would he have looked like without him? Right. And I do think that's important because when Trey Lance played, he he didn't have McCaffrey. He barely had Kittle at times. And he had, in my opinion, some some bad play calling at times. And that's probably because Kyle Shanahan doesn't trust him. But I put this on Twitter uh, yesterday that, that Trey Lance has played less than four games and he's run the ball 47 times in those uh, three and three and three quarters games or whatever it is. Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy last season ran the ball combined 39 times in 15 games. So in 15 games, they ran the ball less combined than Trey Lance ran it by himself in less than four games. And so I think that Trey Lance hasn't had the chance uh, to me that, uh, that I, I'm hoping that he gets this, uh, this coming season. So, and that's not anything against Brock Purdy, but again, as you mentioned, he's probably not going to be ready. Uh, John Lynch said that he hopes that he's ready by week one. Uh, he actually said training camp. Kyle Shanahan didn't sound as optimistic, but where do you fall? I mean, you already said you don't think he's going to be ready week one. Obviously, you're not a doctor, but but what what are you thinking? Matt Barrows told me that he thinks he he'll miss three or four games. There are other reports that it could be eight weeks. So where do where do you fall on that? I mean, the whole party injury situation was always weird for me from the jump because, like, realistically speaking. Brock Purdy ripped his elbow in half and nine times out of 10, that person is going to get Tommy John surgery and be done for a long time. So in the, initially when he's like out there trying to figure out, Hey, what, what's going on? You know, what type of surgery am I going to need? I was like, Hey, this is taking a long time. It sounds like he's <laughs> going to multiple doctors. I'm not a doctor. Uh, and I'm not even really smart, but <laughs> If I'm guessing, the more doctors you've got to talk to, the more likely that it's a more serious injury. That's just simple math to me. Uh, turns out that I didn't need Tommy John surgery, and obviously he's going to be, uh, you know, a little bit better off. That said, I still think an injury that doesn't require Tommy John surgery means that it's still probably going to be a hard recovery because mm-hmm. you're not getting surgery, right? You have a device that's going to help you recover. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't ready till week four. And also, let's be realistic. The 49ers have the best roster in the NFL. The mm-hmm. NFC doesn't even know who their best quarterback is. Yeah. I think if we have to, I mean, I don't know if I want Christian McCaffrey throwing the ball the first <laughs> no. couple of weeks, but, you know, I think we could we could do okay not rushing things. Yeah, and last week I had Steph Sanchez, and she said that she had interviewed Stefania Bell, who I I think is with ESPN. I I believe that's who she's with. And that she said that when it comes to Brock Purdy, it's not about being cleared to 
to play. It's being cleared to performance, which is totally different. I thought that was a great point that he could be cleared to play week one, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be ready to perform week one. And if that's the case, then in all likelihood, Trey Lance is going to be starting uh, for at least a few games. So what do you think that's going to mean for Trey if uh, if it happens that way and he gets, let's say he gets a good month? You know, okay. Uh, I I will never shy away from saying what I think. Uh, I think that's just because I don't have a filter. That's um, <laughs> all right. I loved what Brock Purdy did last year. And I think if Brock Purdy ended up being the next Tom Brady, I obviously would be the happiest person in the world. Who wouldn't be? Yeah. But if I'm looking at this logically, right, and you see Trey Lance, who is supposed to be little experience, high ceiling, right? He could be great because of how athletic he is. And I see Brock Purdy and every single NFL team, all 32 NFL teams, didn't think he was worth a draft pick. It was only the 49ers who took mm-hmm. the very last draft pick. So if I'm looking at it logically, I'm going, okay, well, if Trey Lance has this ceiling, it's realistic that Brock Purdy might have a ceiling that's much lower. Brock Purdy could play really well in Kyle Shanahan's offense while we have every single thing going right for him. But what if Debo Samuel gets traded, right? What if, uh, you know, someone gets injured? What if things aren't perfect? What if, you know, due to cap space, because we keep paying these massive contracts down the road, these optimal situations aren't there anymore. And you get like a Kirk Cousins effect, or you get maybe like a Joe Flacco effect, right? Where you pay this quarterback so much money and then therefore the, you know, things aren't there and to have this like perfect situation. So that is what worries me the most about Purdy. It's not like, it's not based in any type of like fact, right? It's just a worry. It's like a Mm -hmm. worst case scenario situation. So I love the idea that Trey Lance has the first few games to go because it's best case scenario. Yeah. If you're, if you're Kyle, you're probably like, God, I, I want to give, I mean, if I was Kyle, it sounds like Kyle doesn't want anything to do with Trey Lance from everything we keep reading. But if I was Kyle, Hey, one last shot to give this high ceiling, high talent, very athletic person a shot, right? Mm -hmm. The Christian McCaffrey G, you know, situation. So I think it's best case scenario amongst the circumstances that if we have to wait for party, it'll give time to Trey Lance to just, Give it a shot. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe he balls out. And from my opinion, if Trey comes in and balls out, it's like Colin Kaepernick all over again. Hey, appreciate what you did, Purdy. But if he, if Trey Lance is balling out, I want that high ceiling. I want that way more than I want a safety, you know, a safety in Brock mm-hmm. Purdy. Yeah, and Kyle has a tendency to go with a hot hand. But like you said, it almost feels like he doesn't like Trey Lance. And which brings me to the next question is that today social media was uh, was on fire because there was video that was put out of Trey Lance where he was working out somewhere. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was there. They were both throwing, and, and everybody was going nuts over this video that showed Trey Lance throwing the ball. I don't know if you, if you happen to see it. I saw it, it yeah. But, um, you know, people talking about how, look, the – spiral so tight and his his delivery looks crisper and looks you know tighter and quicker you know, i don't know i'm i'm not a quarterback guru so i i really don't pay that that much attention to it but do you think that the 49ers still believe in trey lance 
it's hard to answer that because it's hard to 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 go off of what makes the most sense. Like I, I try and be a logical person, right? Doesn't make sense in my head. If I'm looking at everything we've read this offseason, it doesn't sound like that they believe in Trey Lance. Mm -hmm. But there's so much inherently wrong with that, in my opinion. If you are, if it's this easy for you to not believe in this quarterback, why would you have ever traded three first round picks in the first place? Right. Like what, what was your QB process like that you were able to go, we should trade up three first round picks? Because look at Mac <laughs> Jones. The, the Patriots are already trying to get Mac Jones. So <laughs> yeah. even if you want to say, oh, well, we, we really wanted Mac Jones, but you know, John Lynch forced Trey Lance on me. Okay, well, Mac Jones sucks. <laughs> Mac Jones is a worse Brock Purdy. So, like, right. what is your QB process like if you were to three first round picks? A lot of people are like, well, then we have Brock Purdy, so it all works out. I don't like that at all. Three first round picks is three first round picks. Mm -hmm. Period. That's draft capital. Every every first round pick that we didn't take someone that we could have had a Micah Parsons or we could have had, you know, Javon Holland or whoever it may be, go Ducks. Um, <laughs> that's a contract that could have been on a rookie contract. That's a, that's money on the cap that we wouldn't have had to spend. And in the next few years, that'll start to matter. So if your process allowed you to take Trey Lance and you weren't even that into him, what what are, we, what are we doing? And then on the other side, okay, assuming they did believe in Trey Lance that much, right? How much do you need to believe in a quarterback to be willing to trade three first round picks, right? If you believed him in that in that that much, how are you this willing, this fast, this quick to to, to give up on him? Exactly. So none of it makes yeah. sense. So I, I'm not going to begin to like to guess what what makes sense because none of it makes sense. The only thing I could kind of say is like, well, they have Brock Purdy and maybe they just really believe in him and it allows them to go. Eh, it's not a big deal anymore. Yeah. And I saw something on Twitter right before we got on that. Uh, and so I didn't have a chance to look into it, but it was, gosh, maybe Michael Lombardi. Uh, that may have been who it was. He was referencing Chris Mortensen and said mm -hmm. something to the effect that. that now there's proof that uh, that the 49ers traded up to number three to get Mac Jones. I I didn't get a chance to look into that, but so I don't know what this proof is, but uh, did you see that uh, in, uh, any more than I just mean, the tweet? What I saw, it, you know, was the same thing you saw, right? Is they're just basically saying, listen, it, they did want Mac Jones at one point. So that, that seems so, that seems so nuts, especially when, okay, if you really wanted Mac Jones, you could have stayed where you were at and drafted him. And then, you know, maybe you could have drafted with one of those first rounders that you traded away. You could have got a tight end that could actually block Hassan Reddick. Uh, so that way Brock Purdy no, they Mac Jones was still alive. They still, they would have still done that play because Kyle, it, listen, it's justified. He's the smartest, you know, one of the smartest coaches in the No, NFL. I'm saying maybe they would have actually had a tight end who could have blocked on that, who could have actually made the play. <laughs> we have had five, six years to give George Kittle a, like, competent partner on the other mm -hmm. side, and they have not done that. Yeah. Ross, Ross Dwelly, I mean, sell it, remember, like, sell it time? Like, right, yeah. Like, it's just... 
I, I, you know, hey, I've been a huge proponent for like George Kittle needs to not block as much. I, that's one of my biggest, you know, reasons why I do like Brock Purdy because it's like thank God that he was re- able to remind everyone again how absolutely deadly of a threat George Kittle is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope that they figure that out. I hope they draft a tight end this year. Uh, but I do agree, right? Like that's kind of my big thing. M- Micah Parsons could right now be a 49er at pick 12, the, the, the pick that they traded out of. He could be a 49er today with Nick Bosa. You could put that me at quarterback and they're winning the Super Bowl with Michael <laughs> Parsons and Nick Bosa. Yeah. Like, That's and crazy, so, man. So when, you know, a lot of people are like, well, hey, you know, Brock Purdy, three first round picks, it all balances out. I don't think it does. Right. Yeah, if they win the Super Bowl, then nobody's going to remember that. But until they do... Um, we're going to continue to talk about it. So do you, you know, Larry Kruger's really pushing for, he, he believes that the 49ers are going to trade Trey Lance either before the draft or during the draft. What do you think about that? I don't think that they're going to trade him, but Larry thinks that they are. There are other people who think that they are. What do you think? I don't think they're going to trade him before the draft. I think if they're going to trade him, they're going to trade him mid-season. The reason why is because I think they still need him. Sam Darnold, listen, I you know, I'm sure him, Sam Darnold and Kyle Shanahan love texting each other and like telling each other about the newest hat they bought or what what <laughs> pair of pants are their favorite. Like they, you know, they listen to the same music, I'm sure. They wear the same clothes. Like I'm sure they're besties, right? They have sleepovers, whatever. Um <laughs> But Sam Darnold can't play football as a quarterback. I don't care what anyone says. He's had multiple opportunities. Sam Darnold's trash. It's not his <laughs> fault. He was the one that, well, I mean, he did decide to go to USC, and they can't have, you know, competent NFL quarterback play from that college. Um, but I, I just don't see the the team risking Trey Lance while Brock Purdy gets healthy. But I do see Brock Purdy taking, you know, two to four weeks into the season to get healthy. Trey Lance comes in, looks decent. Let's assume he doesn't go nuts, but he plays well, right? And then a team throughout the year, maybe the Giants, who finally realize that Daniel Jones is not it, or uh, maybe, you know, I don't know, like the Bucks, who somehow thought Baker Mayfield was a good idea. (laughs) Whoever it may be goes, we need a quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. And I I could definitely see the midseason trade happening giving Trey enough time, you know, games to play and actually show yeah. people what he could do, things like that. But I, before the season, I just don't think there's enough juice there. Mm-hmm. I don't think Trey Lance has been able to show enough to get the value they probably want. Right. Yeah. I don't think they could get a number one for him at this point. And I, I, if I remember right, his cap hit, if they traded him, his cap hit would be, would be really big this season that I thought that I had, read that but uh well Kyle Shanahan did say that Lance and Darnold were going to swap or they were going to uh both be taken first string reps uh this off season is it possible I mean I I I hear what you're saying with Sam Darnold that he's terrible and I I would tend to agree but is it possible that he could beat Trey Lance out I mean Ian Rappaport said that he he actually said Sam Darnold will be will more likely than not be the 49ers starting QB in week one. Is could that happen? I mean, if, if Kyle Shanahan doesn't trust Trey Lance enough to let him beat out Sam Darnold, 
is is that a possibility? I I hate the thought of that, but I I don't think it's a possibility. Um, and if I and if it does happen, assuming it does, like genuinely, if Sam Darnold beats out Trey Lance, like you might as well release him because what yeah. NFL team is going to give up any type of draft capital for that? If you're mm-hmm. an NFL GM and you've watched Sam Darnold go all over the NFL and fail, different situations, right? Fail. And then you go, okay, well, Kyle Shanahan has now made Jimmy Garoppolo play well, literally Mr. Irrelevant and Brock Purdy, and now Sam Darnold? It's not the quarterback. It's Kyle. And I'm not taking Kyle in that trade. So what GM would give up anything for the guy that lost to Sam Darnold? Right. right. Yeah. So That's, that's so a really good point. That's a very worst-case scenario, in my opinion. But uh, I don't think it'll happen. Mm-hmm. And once again, that could go back to the the 15 year old in me that just inherently <laughs> believes in the the 49ers quarterbacks, like the, the ones we picked, not Sam Darnold, not <laughs> not Blaine Gabbert, not Sam Darnold, <laughs> like our quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, let's get off the quarterbacks for a second. Uh, there are rumors that the 49ers are shopping Brandon Ayuk. This seems like a horrible <laughs> idea to me. But do you believe the rumor and whether or not you do, do you think it's a good idea or do you think it's a bad idea? They'll trade Debo before they trade Brandon. I've said that I was the first, like, in my opinion, I was the first person to say that. And so when it does happen, I want everyone to come to my door and shake my hand and say, you were right. (laughs) Um, Debo's cap hits insane. So I don't know if it'll happen this season, but Brandon Ayuk is wide receiver one. He is one of the best receivers in the NFL. And Debo is too. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. I'm not saying Debo's not. But the one thing that I think of when I think about this subject is I think about what happened when Debo was playing last year with Christian McCaffrey and what happened when Debo was injured. And in, unless, I mean, I think my eyes are fine, but I saw an NFL offense play the same, maybe better right. without Debo. That's not to say anything negative about Debo. Debo was one of the most electrifying receivers in the NFL. You know, I mean, he plays literally a running back better than most running backs. He's incredible. But I think when you look at what Christian McCaffrey does and what Debo Samuel does, there's just so much overlap. Yeah. So if you're trading away one of your weapons, do you trade this wide receiver that is a very true, you know, wide receiver one that Brandon Ayuk is and, I don't even think we've seen the best version of him yet. Mm-hmm. Or do you trade Debo, who is very similar to your already Christian McCaffrey, who, let's be real, is not going anywhere. Yeah, I've said it many times that I think Brandon Ayuk is the best receiver on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying he's a better player than Debo, but I think that he's a better receiver. He's really smooth. He runs great routes. And he said, you know, he posted the thing about uh, going for a thousand even though he's the fourth, uh, uh, the fourth option, and he's right, he yeah. is the fourth option, and he still was the best receiver on the team. So, yeah, I I agree that if if I if I was the GM and I had to choose who am I trading, I'm trading Debo, and that's probably a pretty um, a pretty negative comment, uh, controversial comment among 49ers fans, but. I think I would rather keep Ayuk for the reasons that uh, that you mentioned. So Christian McCaffrey touched the ball 
last season in his 11 regular season games with the 49ers, uh, just I'm not counting Carolina. He touched the ball 211 times in the time in the in those 11 games that he was with the 49ers. Are you concerned that they might be using him too much? I I because he was he was hurt a lot last season. Of course I am. Uh, you know Christian McCaffrey kind of is a ticking time bomb, right? You look at all the injuries that he's had last you know, the last however many seasons. And then you look at the history of running backs with Kyle Shanahan. Like, again, I've never passed any kind of impressive math classes in my history <laughs> of school and academia, uh, but I can do that math. And I, you know, that's not something that I would want to risk. But then again, like, can I swear on this podcast? Sure, go ahead. Kyle Shanahan's an asshole. <laughs> He's an asshole. Like, you have... You keep drafting running backs, right? You keep you draft a running back in the third round. You draft a running back in the in the in the sixth round. Uh, you draft. You have two undrafted running backs that you really like. You've got all these running backs, and he doesn't care, mm-hmm. right? He's like a kid with a new toy. He's just like, uh, uh-uh, uh, don't care. I want to play with my new toy. <laughs> Kyle yeah. Shanahan, if he were to, like, if you were to like use the analogy of music, Kyle Shanahan's the guy that likes a, the, here's a new song that he likes and listens to it on repeat right. until he hates it. <laughs> and, and that is what's happening with Christian McCaffrey. I think that last year, Jordan Mason caught, could have done some pretty mm-hmm. decent things, some exciting things. I don't know what Tyrion Davis price is doing. That might've not been the best pick, but then again, it never really is when they draft in the third round. <laughs> um, they were playing him at fullback last year. It was some weird stuff, but like, if you're going to use all this draft pe- capital on running backs, it should be to compliment McCaffrey. So he doesn't mm-hmm. get hurt. Right. And they didn't do that. Yeah. So the fact that we went as long as we did last year without a major injury for McCaffrey, I don't know. I don't know. I'm it's, it's scary. It terrifies me. Um, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I like Elijah Mitchell because he doesn't put the ball on the ground when he plays. He, he, like when he played uh, this past season, he looked fresh. He looked really good. The problem is he never plays. He's, always hurt at least this past season now in 2021 he was hurt a lot but he still played you know but but this past season he just missed so much but i'm with you man jordan mason that guy is a beast and i loved watching him run there were times that i was like come on close out the game with mason get mccaffrey off the field and just let mason carry the ball and and just see what he can do because he he makes things happen Uh, he's he's a violent runner but they won't do it yeah. They, like Kyle won't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's it is it is strange, but so while we're on the running back topic, what are you going to do if and when they draft another running back in the third round this month? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I I think, you know, it's funny. It's like back-to-back years. I, I think, right. I don't know, it was KNBR maybe, I think, that had me on during, like, the draft. Uh-huh. They ask, they're like, what are you do- What What are the 49ers doing at running back? I'm like, I have no idea. And <laughs> here we are looking back on it, and maybe Tyrion Davis-Bryce was not the best pick there. So I don't know, man. I But I, I will say this. I, I love the idea, if I'm the 49ers, 
for from now until infinity, I'm drafting a quarterback and a running back every single year. Every year. You're going to draft a running back like that high or No, 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 no. I'm, but I'm going to draft one. 6th yeah. round, 7th yeah. round, whatever. Sure, but I'm going to draft a running back late and give me instead of a 3rd round pick for a running back, I'd take a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, Trey Sermon drafted high and then Elijah Mitchell was the one that they ended Joe up going Williams. with. And uh, what'd you say? Joe Williams. Yeah, Joe Williams is another one. He he never even played. And then you have, you know, Ty Davis Price this this season. And the one that gets that gets all the play is Jordan Mason. And so I don't know what uh, what the issue was with Davis Price. Maybe maybe he, he doesn't pass protect well enough. I'm not I'm not really sure what that issue is, but but yeah, that's uh that's a frustrating thing. And so I hope that if they go running back, and they probably will go running back, I just hope it's late, not in the third round. Let's not do those. No punters in the third round, no kickers, nothing like that. Let's just go real players <laughs> that are actually gonna make an impact. So yep. hey Evan, thanks so much uh for joining me. Where where can we find you and what can we see uh see and listen? Uh, you know, uh, like I said, the the Blue Wire Chase Thomas podcast every Monday uh, we record, and I think it usually has it out that night or Tuesday morning. Um, you can always follow me on Twitter. As you see right here, I have my Twitter account back. Uh, other <laughs> yeah. than that, thanks for having me on, man. I love, I love, dude, I can't stress this enough. I, uh, I'm going to choose my words carefully. I love content creators when it comes to the 49ers and the NFL that just love the sport that love talking about it, that love talking to other people about it. And that's all they care about. And I think you embody that really well. Right. I, and I love it. I I'm a fan of everything you've been putting out. I'm very happy that you've got your podcast and I hope you keep doing it because 49ers, Twitter, whatever ecosystem we live in is much better when we have people like you. Well, I appreciate that. And if you're, if you happen to be listening and so you're not seeing uh, Evan's uh, uh, Twitter handle there, it's Evan, E-V-A-N, Swords, but it's spelled S-O-W-A-R-D-S. So it's like cowards with, uh, with an S instead of a C, but it's Evan Swords. Don't mispronounce his last name. Or, you know what? Mispronounce my last name. It's fine. <laughs> I, it, I, I, everybody calls me Evan Sowards, and that's fine. <laughs> Do you want your name to have sour in it? Probably not, but whatever. <laughs> that's true. Well, Evan, it was a lot of fun, and uh, I appreciate you joining, joining me today. And I appreciate all of you that are watching or listening, wherever you're watching or listening. Thanks so much. Please take a minute to uh, rate, review, follow the 49ers Camelot podcast. We're going to keep doing our best to put out content that, uh, that you like hearing and watching uh, with when it comes to the 49ers.